Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. The Lord bless you. Brother Sanchez is going to get ready to come here in just a moment. Just want to say a couple of quick things. Uh, it's good to see Brother Phillips here tonight. We've been praying for you, Brother Phillips. We're glad that you're feeling better and through rehabilitation. And we're thankful for the good report that there is no cancer. I know they were concerned about that, but we got a great report back, and we're thankful for that. Amen. We're also continuing to pray for Brother Roberts. I know he is continuing his recovery, and uh, as much as I'd like to see him here, I'm glad he's home recovering. We want to take his time and get all the way better. Amen. Uh, also, I know the youth and children are at camp this week, many of them, and we want to continue to pray. I know they're having some great services there, hearing some good reports of what God is doing, and we want to continue to pray for them. Just a couple things Brother Moses mentioned I just want to emphasize, and that is, again, next week is all hands. That's next Tuesday the 29th. And uh, we do that, we try to do it four times a year. I think last year we only got to it twice, but it's uh, maybe some of the important, most important meetings that we have. Uh, if you're involved in ministry in any way or you'd like to be involved in ministry, and uh, I want this church to be a place when you walk in here and uh, that you know we don't have like certain people that we use in ministry. And I know there's, you know, possible where you walk into a church and everybody's kind of already got their assigned seats you just have to, you know, go alone for the ride. We don't want that. We want you to know that there's opportunity for you to be involved in ministry here. And so if you are interested or already involved in ministry next Tuesday, we're going to be sharing. Uh, I've, I feel like God's kind of speaking some vision for some things that we're going to do. Uh, get back into the flow of some vision and outreach and evangelism. And so Tuesday we'll be sharing a little bit of that. Amen. So, uh that's next Tuesday. And then also just one last thing, Brother Moses did a great, didn't he do a great job tonight leading us? Amen. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying watching uh, these young ministers. And, and I say, we're just going to use the word young, all right? Um, but as they grow in confidence, the first time they get up here, they're nervous. And I'm sure they're still a little nervous, but they're, every time they get up here, they're a little bit more confident. And uh, Brother Moses did a great job tonight. But one of the things he mentioned, just want to emphasize again, Normally, we have kind of switched things up to where we do uh, prayer first and then donuts. All right, that, that makes sure everybody gets here for prayer. That and just, is, Am I right? Is that the right way, right? Prayer first? No? Other way? That's right. Donuts first, then prayer. All right, so we get you here for donuts. All right, and if you don't come in time for the donuts, all right, then you come for prayer, whereas you can't just say, well, I'm not going to go to prayer. I'm just going to get donuts. But this week, because we, one, because of all the campers that are gone that are involved in uh, in our worship system, and secondly, because tomorrow night there's going to be things going on on the stage with the painting the wall, uh, we're not going to have music practice on Thursday, so we've moved things all around. And on Sunday, the music team will be practicing from 8.30 till, right, 8.30 till 9.30. They'll be practicing in here. So with, just for this Sunday, we're going to have prayer first, and that will be in the youth room, all right? Prayer in the youth room, 
down, up and down the hallways. If we overflow the, the, the youth room, that's fine. And then following that will be donuts, all right? That'll be just this Sunday, and then we'll go back to the normal schedule. Uh, and that, again, is so that the worship team can have ample time to prepare for Sunday, all right? Everybody good and confused now? Good. All right, that was my goal, to make sure you were nice and confused. Pray it. Everybody say prayer at 9. Donuts after that. All right, don't be a freeloader. Come and pray first and then get your donuts, all right? Amen. Was that, was that too harsh? I thought it was good. I, I felt like it was right on point. All right. And I believe that's Sister Naomi's mother. You've been here before. We're glad to have you back again with us. Amen. Glad to have you here today. Amen. All right, Brother Sanchez is going to come right now. He is, every time he comes, he just, again, more confident and just on point. So let's welcome Brother Sanchez as he comes right now and brings us the word. We're thankful for the work that they're doing leading Esperanza Viva, our Hispanic ministry. Clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. There's a sweet presence of the Lord in here. Hallelujah, Jesus. So much shout out to the Lord in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory be to your name, Lord God. In Jesus' name. You can be seated for a little bit. Um, before I, I continue, I, I want to... First of all, welcome our E family. I know Brother Roberts is watching. He, he texted me. He told me that he will be watching. Um, so I'm just, I'm just excited. <laughs> he said, no, screw up. No, no I'll, I'll try my best not to, brother. Uh, I know it's a little hard for me to, to come out here and uh, talk to you all because, uh, as you all know, English is my, my second language. So I do struggle with it a little bit, though I've been speaking it more than Spanish, but when you learn two of them, you kind of intertwine the both of them. Um, you're, you're no good in one and you're not good in the other, so. And the Esperanza Viva people can testify when I come up here and, and preach in Spanish, it makes no sense. But um, I want to start by giving honor to Brother Roberts. Um, again, he's watching, he's not here with us. And for this chance to come here and, and take what he, he would have done today. Also, I want to honor Pastor and Sister Valerie also for giving me the opportunity. And uh, lately I've noticed that most of the speakers that come here are starting to honoring their wives. Um, I, I, I didn't want to jump in the bandwagon, but I'm kind of, I, I don't want I, I to break the tradition. So I want to honor my wife as well um, for everything that she does. I can't see her because of the pillar, but that's a good thing. Um, I, I didn't, well, it was explained why the wives are honored. And uh, one of the things that my wife does whenever I'm, I'm getting ready or preparing myself, she always gives me the time. Um, she leaves me alone. I'm not saying that she's bothering me or anything like that. But <laughs> she, she, she gives me time. She asks me if I need anything. Um, she will go visit her parents or something so I can have some alone time with God and prepare a little better. So I want to honor her for, because I know she likes being around me a lot. And, and just giving, giving me that little time, I know it's a sacrifice for both her and me. So, this, I tell people, these things are, are not written. I don't know why I have this urge to say these things. 
but they are true in a way. They just um, come out a little bit comical sometimes, but all the glory be to God. Amen. Amen. So this word that I have um, for you guys tonight, I have preached it at our Esperanza Viva service, and usually when I'm preparing myself to preach or teach, I envision myself saying those words that God has given me. And every time, whether I teach a Bible study, I envision myself saying those things in English. When I'm ready to preach uh, for Esperanza Viva, I envision myself saying it in Spanish. This time, uh, this word has been lingering for about, about a month now, and I've been seeing myself saying it in English and Spanish. I didn't know why until it was, I prayed about it, and I was like, well, I'd already, we already had a Esperanza Viva service. God moved so greatly, and I'm so glad for what God did in that service. But it, it was revealed to me that he's not finished yet with this word. So this word that I have, it, it may be a little short here right now, but um, I spoke with Pastor. I was like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit concerned that it's going to be sure, uh, a little bit short. And he said, well, the congregation will probably won't be mad if you finish a little earlier. So any chance I get to make somebody happy or somebody's day, I'm there for it. So I'm glad in a way I am the 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 way to your happiness today and hopefully you can go home and uh a little earlier you know than usual i know sometimes church may take a little longer but we're not we're not i'm mad about that we're glad for what god is doing amen uh also while while studying for this word it was evident well the first time i preached it at esperanza i i i then prayed to god what what does this word mean and I know you should ask that before you preach it, but he revealed to me, and God was ever clear that this word is more like a testimony, my testimony, for what God has done in my life. Um, I have found myself enslaved, enslaved rather, to the world. Before coming to Christ, I was doing whatever the world was doing, um, engaging myself in the things of the world, but God has been so grateful to me, so graceful. He has delivered me from the world. And I know he's going to do it for somebody in this place. I know he's already done it for somebody in this place. And I declare that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And now, it may sound good that you are delivered from the world. But that won't be my point today. That won't be my point tonight. Because God can deliver you from the world. But the stigma of the world doesn't just get taken away right away. It takes time. And so to, today I want to start in the book of Joshua, chapter 5, beginning in verse number six, we're going to go all the, all the way down through verse number nine. Thank you for standing for, for the reading of the word. I'll give you all some time to find it. If you got it, say, I got it. I got it. You got it. Amen. 
Joshua 5, cha uh, chapter 5, verse 6 and 9, 6 through 9, says, For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they went abode in their places in the camp, till they were whole, in other words, till they were healed. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt of you. I'm going to read that one more time. This day, says the Lord, have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. Before I start, would you raise a hand with me in this place? And I want to pray that God will do something miraculous in this place. Lord, I pray that your word goes forth today with passion, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that the anointing, Lord, falls through me, Lord God, and use me as a mouthpiece to deliver your word today, Lord God. Let the passion, let the anointing fall, Lord God. Only the, the only thing that you can give us, Lord God, is things like that, Jesus. So I pray right now, Lord, that everything that you do in this place, Lord God, Everything that you're going to do in every person's life, I pray that you will be glorified through this, Jesus. And I pray for the word that is going to come out today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You guys may be seated. Hallelujah. I want to start uh, just reminding you all that the Israelites were enslaved for 400 years in Egypt. Being oppressed mercilessly, mercilessly by the hands of an uncorruptionless pharaoh. Having come to Egypt, escaping famine, they now find themselves being slaves for fear that these people will, will turn against them. Once called God's chosen, pe chosen people, now it seems they have been forgotten. Crying out and asking to be freed, but now the clamors have ceased. In the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verses 8 through 14, it tells us that now there arose a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more, mightier, more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and they come to pass, that when they falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did not set over them, I mean, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. But, they were, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. This, these are the Israelites. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and brick, and all manner of service in the field, all their service wherein made them serve with all was with rigor. 
I want to live from the New Living Translation. I know the King James is, I, like I said, my English is already as bad as it is in reading this. Let me just make it a little hard. But he said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't and a war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pithom and Ramses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians suppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians, the Bible says, worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made their lives bitter forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their, their demands. Soon after, every newborn child was thrown into the Nile River after this was given, proving once again to the world that the enemy wants to destroy you before you reach your potential. Amen. Egypt, in the biblical context, is considered to have similarities to the world. The Israelites were God's chosen ones who were oppressed by Egypt, the world. For the fear that they grow up and that their calling in their lives will be fulfilled. You have a call on your life. This is the one to get to. And the world fears that it will be fulfilled. That is why the world is to oppress you and to call you away and to distract you from what God has for you. The devil, let me remind you, is the prince of this world. Egypt is like the world. He will keep you away. He will distant you. And take you away from your walk with God. While the Israelites were in slavery, let me remind you, they could not walk with God. They were at a steadfast, not moving. They did not move until they were released. You have to understand that you can't walk with God if you're enslaved to the world. And until you're released, there will be suffering. God knew his people were suffering. In fact, he had predicted these events and he told Abraham that his descendants would be objects of hatred to, by the Egyptians. God had also promised that he would rescue the people from Egypt at the right time. So God doesn't always answer us the moment we ask for help. Sometimes we must endure pain or difficult times to strengthen our faith and build our character. When you feel that God has forgotten, you remember that he does not do things according to our schedules. God is in control, and he will work things in his time. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Now, the Israelites, after being so long there in Egypt, they got used to the Egyptian traditions. They worshipped Egyptian gods, and they dressed like the Egyptians. They learned their language and their customs. Likewise, we too have found ourselves in the shoes of the Israelites. Being persuaded by the world, learning from their customs, worshiping what the world worships, giving time to what the world gives time, and finding comfort while we are slaves, not knowing that we have been enslaved. Likewise, likewise the Israelites were oppressed but comfortable, mistreated but complacent, complacent and reproached but content. When God called Moses to free the people from Egypt, they did not want to leave due to the fact that in Egypt they had everything they needed and they were satisfied. Not only that, but Pharaoh will not let them go either. 
Even after Moses spoke with God-given authority and after God had sent ten plagues on Egypt, letting Pharaoh know who has all power and authority. Y'all can read Exodus and find out about that. Eventually, after ten plagues and Pharaoh's heart being hardened, Pharaoh finally let, finally had let the Israelites go. And when they left, God called them unto the land that he had promised them. The Bible says where the milk and honey abounded. God heard their cries and sent forth a deliverer. It took 400 years for God to liberate them from the hands of the Egyptians, to liberate them from the affliction, from the abuse, and from the mistreatment. The Israelites were liberated from the hands of the Egyptians, made a covenant with a covenant with God and walked in the desert for 40 years. During that time, God provided food and water for them. We read in Exodus 16, 11 through 15, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even they shall eat flesh. You know, in the evening they shall eat, uh, they shall eat flesh. And in the morning they shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that even the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay around the host, and the dew that, was, that lay was gone up. Behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it is manna, for they wist not what it was. They didn't know what it was. And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Now God does this for us when we are liberated. When we're walking with him, he provides time and time again. And he will never stop providing. Yet the Israelites, however, they disobeyed God over and over again. Therefore they wandered around in the desert. But God was always faithful to his promise, providing them with food and drink. We also, after being released from the world and beginning our walk with God, we disobey. We question God. We don't follow his commands. We try to do everything ourselves, but God is still faithful in his promise. In Joshua 5, in our text we read uh, this afternoon, Joshua chapter 5, verses 6 through 9, through 9, rather, sorry, uh, it says that the Israelites had moved about in the wilderness for 40 years until all the men who were of military age, when they had left Egypt, had died. Since they had not obeyed the Lord, for the Lord has sworn to them that they will not see the land that he has solemnly promised to their ancestor to give us. And the land flowing with milk and honey, that's what he had promised them. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way, on the way to the promised land, that is. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to that, to that day. And this is what I want to preach to you all today, that the Israelites were enslaved for 400 years, they were being oppressed and enslaved. They walked around 40 years in the desert, and it took that long to remove the reproach that Egypt had left on them. 
the whipping, the mistreatment, the oppression, the beatings, the physical pain was removed in one day. But the reproach, the shame, and everything that was said, the verbal abuse, the bad words, it took 40 years to remove the reproach from Egypt. Now, I myself have found myself in that place. I have been delivered from the world, but the words that were said while I was in the world, even when in church, those things kept coming back to me. Every, every time somebody said that I will never amount to anything, every time that a family member even would say things about me that just hurt, God can take away the pain, but those words stay. But let me tell you right now that God has taken away the reproach from me from Egypt. And he's done it for me. He will definitely do it to you, for you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Today is the day that, the, that God is going to take away the reproach that the world has placed on you. Today, God is going to remove the reproach. But let me tell you that first, the flesh has to be removed. You see, we read that their sons who've gone put, who've, who God put in their place were circumcised by Joshua, for they had not been circumcised during the journey. Once they were all circumcised, they stayed in the camp until they recovered. The flesh had to be removed. That was, that was what circumcision was. It was the removing of the flesh. Then and only then, God said that he will remove the reproach. So once the flesh is removed, then God can remove the reproach. The old had to die. The Bible says that the ones that came out of Egypt had to die, and the, their sons had to see the promised land. The old has to die, and the new has to be born. That's why the Israelites who came out of Egypt died before seeing the promised land. God has a promise for you, but the old has to die to give way to the new. We have to be new in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17, the Bible says, So from now on, regard no one from worldly point of view. Though we were once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone in Christ, the new creation has come, and the old has gone, and the new, has gone, and the new is here. Uh, the King James Version says this way, Wherefore, henceforth, know we know man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. We're no longer called by the flesh. The flesh has to be removed. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. We must be born again to see God's promise and to be part of what God has for us. Hallelujah. Will you stand up to your feet? I'm getting ready to close. In this place, Jesus, and the altars are opening right now, and I just want to close with these points that God will deliver us from being slaves to the world or from doing what the world says we have to do. Once delivered, we can rejoice when we begin to walk with God. And when walking with God, we can also fail, disobey by seeking after our own flesh, just like the Israelites. 
God can still provide for us even after failing him and his commands. And we can also find ourselves wondering about the desert, not getting nowhere. God wants us, wants us because of our disobedience. You may no longer be a slave to the world, but it is the reproach that the world has left in you what has been hindering you to move forward into what God has for you. The Bible says that right after that happened, they entered into the promised land, into what God had for them. But God is now saying, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Today is the day, hallelujah, that the reproach can be rolled away. This altar is now open. You know what to do. Your flesh has to be removed. The old has to die, making way for the new. Battles have to be won in prayer. And you got to prepare yourself for what God has promised you. Would you raise a hand in this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, your spirit is here to restore, Lord God. Your spirit is here, Lord, to comfort us, Lord God. Even, Lord, we don't know what you're going to do, Lord God. Even after the reproach that the world has left in us, Lord, you're here to remove that right now, Lord. So let our flesh, our flesh be removed also, Lord God. Let our hearts be prepared, Lord God, for what you have to do. Let our hearty, our fleshy hearts be prepared for what the promise you have for us, Lord God. Lord, let your kingdom come in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Will you pray for somebody in this place? God is moving in this place. God is taking away the reproach that the world has left in your, in your heart, in your mind. He's taking it away right now by the power that is in the name of Jesus. I declare, Lord, what says in your word by the power that is in your word, that the reproach, that Egypt, that the world has left in your mind, in your heart, is going to be rolled away today. And yea, the new is going to give way. And you're going to enter into what God has promised you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. this room in the name of Jesus brother Sanchez might not have preached long but he got right to the point and there's this is a point that you can't get past there's got to be the circumcision there's got to be the, the cutting away of the flesh the Bible talks in the New Testament and tells us 
And it's not the circumcision of the flesh like it was in the Old Testament. It's the, it's the, the cutting away of fleshly desires in the heart. The first act of circumcision in the Old Testament where Abraham circumcised his son, the Bible says that Sarah looked at Abraham and said, you're a bloody man. It, was, it wasn't cute. It wasn't, it wasn't without pain. It wasn't a, a, a nice, clean operation. It was painful. It was messy. And, and the parallel carries over into, into our lives today. If it doesn't hurt, when you lay down the things of this world, when you give your life completely to Jesus Christ, my dad and I were talking on the phone earlier. There's a, a phrase that's made its way into Christianity today that's not really biblical, but it's where we accept the Lord. The question is not do we accept the Lord. The question is does he accept us? And, and the fact is until there has been a circumcision, until we've cut away the desires of this flesh, the reproach is going to remain there. Until it hurts a little bit, until we are able to dig deep. Well, how deep do I have to dig? Well, the writer said this in Romans, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reason. You present your bodies as a living. That means everything. That means everything, every dream, every desire, every hope, every ambition. Well, Pastor, I don't know if I'm ready to lay that down. Well, until you do, the reproach of this world is going to remain on your life. But I want us to pray one more time right now as we, we're going to get ready to conclude the service. But I want us to pray. Because Brother Sanchez, I believe, has prayed over this message. I believe he labored over this. I believe that he wrestled a little bit. I know he preached it at the Hispanic ministry. And I'm sure a part of him, he wanted to go another direction. But he told me it felt like God said this is for the body of Christ as a whole. What that means to me tonight is God wants somebody, it's time for you to lay down the reproach. Because you can't enter into the promised land and still carry around the stigma of Egypt at the same time. You can't be everything God called you to be and still be dealing with the guilt of what you used to be at the same time. But God is trying to push some of you and pull you into what God created you to be into the promised land. God is trying to move you into the promised land. So, well, I'm not ready yet. You know, I, I've got to pay for all of my things. No, he paid the price. You don't have to pay the price. He paid the price. What you've got to do is confess. What you've got to do is present your body as a living sacrifice and let God deal with the reproach. He, the Bible says, surely he had borne our guilt. He's carried our shame. He took the reproach. So I want us to pray one more time before we dismiss. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I right now, Lord, in my life, Lord, I know that there are dreams and desires and ambitions, Lord, that are not of you. It is the circumcision of my heart tonight that, God, I've got to be willing to present every area of my life and say, Lord, I place it in your hands. God, I place my dreams and my desires. I place my past, my present, and my future, that, Lord, I'm going to follow you with all of my heart, with all of my mind, with all of my strength, with all of my soul, Lord. I'm going to follow after you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, every part of me, I surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, and, Lord, I pray tonight as we cut away the desires of this flesh, 
as we cut away the ambitions of this world. I pray, Lord, that you would roll away the reproach of Egypt. God, there are people in this building right now that you created them for so much more than what they are living. And right now they are carrying around the reproach of Egypt. And it's not your desire that they carry it one more day. But God, right now, they can lay down that reproach and they can move into a promised land and they can be everything that you called them to be. And we pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus. I'm gonna wait on you, Jesus.